Clayton. John Clayton. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk football with the professor, John Clayton, as we do every day at this time with Wyman and Bob. If you guys have questions for John, now is the time. Text those questions in. 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to your questions before we let them go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. So it looks like, I don't know that it's been made official yet. We're waiting for the official announcement on the Seahawks defensive coordinator. But according to the Seattle Times, it will be Clint Hurt, along with Ed Donatel and maybe even Sean Desai in different capacities on that staff. What do you think about that? Phenomenal. I mean, talk about get the best of all worlds. I mean, that to me is great because first, uh, <clears throat> it's it's great that... Um, you know, Pete promotes somebody, particularly somebody's a talented as Clint Hurt. You know, he worked with Donatel. He worked with Sean Desai in Chicago. So they, they all know how to function and all that stuff. You know, I'm sure <clears throat> Desai can take over the, uh, you know, the, the running game responsibilities as far as stopping the run. Donatel obviously will be, you know, in the secondary trying to take care of everybody as a defensive back. And I, I just like it. And I think what I also like about it, <clears throat> it gives you three minds that can come together and, uh, you know, help formulate game plan strategies, coach on the sidelines, do all that different stuff. I mean, it just doesn't come down to just Ken Norton Jr. and nobody else. So it's like I, I like it a lot, and I think it's going to work. Yeah, me too, John. And I, I can imagine the Desai, you know, well, you know, 38 years old, a, a young, mm -hmm. fresh mind. But, you know, how good he is in the pass game. Maybe he's the pass game coordinator. No, 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 no. Sean Desai. Uh, no, number no. six in yards and number three against the pass as a defensive coordinator. Okay, in so Chicago. what was what was Ed Donatel? He was even better. He was a defensive coordinator. Yeah, but I mean, his, basically, his specialty is in the secondary. Yeah, well, his numbers weren't better last year, but you know, he's good, obviously. Yeah. But he was number eight in those two categories. So, and look, these are these are just uh, you know categories of different things that you know just indicate it, but. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that that's kind of what uh, what what I was uh, imagining that that would happen. But you know, I, you got all three. I mean, it's like uh, I was saying this, John. It was like going to the uh, car dealership and saying, "Well, I'm trying to decide between the truck, the SUV, and the Porsche," and you just buy all of them. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, and they, you know, that's what we all do, Dave. And, certainly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the other thing, John, too, and the point uh, that I've been bringing up is that you could spend whatever you want on coaches right that's correct I mean, as long as your owner is okay with it you know that's there's no salary cap so i i love that idea yeah and again i, I just i just like the idea it, it gives you know a team uh particularly because and now you know jeremy fowler re reported that the ed donatel thing is going to happen and mm -hmm. as you know condota had the fact that uh it was definitely going to be uh you know clint hurt getting the promotion we'll see about Decide, but again, I think it's it's great to have you know two or three people who can work uh, with Pete Carroll, come up with suggestions and game plans and everything else, and they've been successful. I mean, you know, Donatel, uh, the, the the defense, because uh, uh, again, so much of the defense in Denver it was you know Vic Fangio, but they they were still like in the top two or three overall. And, uh, you know, Donatello was technically the, the defensive coordinator. And, you know, the Bears' defense has been, you know, good the last several years. So that's, I think it's great. 
Yeah, Donatel, to your point, uh, number three in points. Uh huh. Yeah. But but yeah, as far as uh, you know, the the pass game, uh, Desai was even better. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's a couple of good and and I you know I, the way I feel about Clint Hurt anyway. I, I just think he, and he, I think he's going to be a head coach at some point. He yeah, was assistant yeah. head coach, probably. You know, if he if everything goes well here, and you know he's he's seen as uh, you know one of the better defensive coaches in the league, I could see a head coaching job in his future. Yeah, back to Donatello too for a second too. Remember, I mean, he did this in the AFC where you have so many good young coaches. I mean, you have to. I mean, quarterbacks. I mean, you yeah. have to. You have to go against, you know, uh, Mahomes twice a year. Yeah, yeah, Mahomes twice a year. You have to go against, uh, you know, a bear. I have to all the. So in other words, he did it against a much uh, broader and more talented group. And where you look in the NFC, uh, I mean, he's, you know, there in the NFC North. I mean, obviously, you know, he has to take on Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. uh, you know. Uh, Kirk oh, and Jared be. Goff twice a year too. Uh, yeah, Jared, <laughs> well, Jared Goff twice a year, and uh, yeah. So uh, honestly, I think that uh, you know the degree of difficulty was going to be a little bit more on Donatello. But regardless, both coaches have success. Yeah. So John, uh, moving on to other coaching news, Jacksonville has found their man, Doug Peterson, who was the first guy they interviewed apparently, mm-hmm. and then I, then I read he was one of ten. That they ended up talking to ten candidates, which I can't I can't imagine another team has talked to that many candidates. No, maybe, maybe they have. Just about every every team has talked to ten candidates. Have they really? They've had ten different people come in for their or visited them. I mean, Denver, uh, Denver had ten. Uh, Chicago had I think more than ten. So yeah, I mean, most of the teams. Really, have, I, I don't recall hearing all those names, but maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention. Was probably not paying close enough attention. Yeah, because well, again, that, that happens, John. Yeah, yeah. So it's like no, it's like uh, uh, maybe I mean Miami. They they haven't been as active. New Orleans hasn't been as active, uh, but uh, you know, uh, and the Raiders not but, as active. What about Minnesota? Were they as active? Yeah, they've had ten. I uh, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit less, maybe seven or eight. But again, they've, you know, and you know, they're still, uh, you know, waiting to get uh, Kevin O'Connell done, you know, because technically they can't get him now till after the Super Bowl. Right. But, uh, you know, he's he's going to be their coach. So, what do you think of this hire? I like it. I mean, uh, to me, as botched up as Jacksonville was, you know, with their coaching search and all that, to be able to pull out a Doug Peterson is phenomenal. I mean, you know, they still have Trent Baalke as the GM right now. That's not good. But, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to get that changed, you know, because that uh, Trent Baalke cost him uh, you know, the chance to get, uh, you know, Byron Lefwich. Yeah, what, what is their attachment to him, John? It feels like he's not really in anybody's good graces other than Shad Khan's. What, what, I don't get it. They're clueless. Ah, all right. I mean, no, seriously. I mean, yeah, because I, when I called down there the other day, uh, you know, and when, when they're right in the middle of disaster, I ask about, uh, you know, why why is Trent Baalke, you know, running the search? Because uh, they said Khan has nobody else in the building that knows anything about football in the front office. Nobody. And so that's why, you know, there's, I guess they stay with Trent and, uh, you know, it cost them a a good coach in Leftwich, but they got lucky in being able to uh, to get uh, Doug Peterson. Now, the only thing that scares me right now is that I think there's a growing likelihood there's not going to be a minority hire. Because think about this. It's like we've already, you know, if, if O'Connell does have 
the uh, Minnesota job, which apparently he does. Miami's going to make a decision probably by Sunday, yeah, because they have well Sunday or Monday, and you know they've got uh, Kellen Moore and Mike McDonald. Mike McDonald, of course, being the offensive coordinator in San Francisco, still in the Saints. You figure the anticipation is they're just waiting to you know get uh, Dennis Allen the job. And so that's one. And then you got Houston, and everything I hear out of there is Josh McCown, the quarterback, who's never coached. And so it's like uh, that. That's if if it goes in that direction, that's nine white hires, no minority hires. Bad. Hey, John, what's Marcus Peters been up to? I just saw that uh, that he's expected to be back on Baltimore's uh, mm-hmm. roster next year. But that guy was – is he the – wasn't he the cousins with um, Marshawn? Yeah, I think, yeah. Marcus yeah, Peters. Yeah, but, but he tore his ACL. Okay, yeah. And, he, I mean, I, I've always thought he was – you know, he's he's kind of a – I think he threw a flag into the stands one time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when he was penalized. I But I, I, I like his fire and uh, – yeah, I, I feel like he's uh, he's maybe one of those underrated guys, but of course he's been out. But yeah, uh, yeah. So it sounds like he's uh, full go, ready to come back with the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of just getting healthy, and that's what he's in the process of doing. Yeah, you because know, he got that uh, injury like he had so many Baltimore injuries early in the season, and it uh, you know just wiped him out. Yeah, were they the worst as far as they had a bunch of COVID stuff too? Didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They probably I thought they were. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have questions for John, 421-3776-421-ESPN, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. You can text in your questions. We'll try to get to some of those coming up. But, John, what do you make of this this situation with Daniel Snyder and, and his team working in conjunction with the NFL's investigation and basically coming to some level of agreement that none of the findings would be made public unless Daniel Snyder says they can. Yeah, well, I what mean, is that? Well, I mean, Daniel Snyder controlling things and protecting himself, and you know, not you know, putting himself in a position where he's going to lose anything. And well, I get you know, that, but why would the league agree to that? Why would they be working with him to to hide information like that? Well, because I, I, one of the reasons is that uh, you know the main negotiator uh, for. The uh, for the NFL has have given so many favors to the Washington football team, and so because of that, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a conspiracy there in the sense that uh, you know Washington got a little bit more favorable treatment, but in some of the ways, you know, because some of the stuff was very shaky, and so because of that, uh, you know, the, the league doesn't want that out. And so that's why they'll all work together. Owners protect owners, but also in the case of the National Football League, they don't want to be in a position where you know you have the lawsuit and all of a sudden you have to start presenting things because uh, it would be too embarrassing to the league. So that's why they'll, they'll settle or find some way to avoid that. This is awful. Yeah, I mean, it this, is. this looks terrible for mm-hmm. the league. That they'd be working to cover up whatever, you know, sexual harassment, whatever was going on behind the scenes. We still have never seen anything from those emails other than the John Gruden stuff. Right. It didn't have anything to do with the initial investigation, not excusing John once again. But, I mean, just the, the idea that they've been able to get away with this to this point, and it's public now. People are yeah. now seeing that, yeah, the, it, it makes you scratch your head and go, well, why would they even go through this this sham of an investigation if nothing was going to come of it what's the point of it i know and uh and again it's like and even this week uh you saw the story about uh daniel snyder you know, going to one of the uh uh i guess cheerleaders or whatever putting his hand on her knee 
and or on her leg. That was at a that was at a team dinner. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't uh, one of the cheerleaders, but yeah, yeah and that yeah. that was we talked about that yesterday. And then he was trying to push her into his limo, and his mm-hmm. attorney was sitting there going, "This is a bad idea, Dan. Yeah, this I, is a agreed. bad idea. Yeah, agreed. Jeez, I mean, it, it just doesn't stop." So was this a, is this a normal investigation they were doing, or is this something that Washington allowed them to do, or is this something that the NFL forced this investigation? Because that's the only way I could think of it is, hey, we need you know they need some help. Yeah, the NFL goes in and and you know, but the stipulation is that. Yeah, I'm just wondering. I don't. I don't know. But the stipulation is that you're not going to divulge everything to mm-hmm. the public. It's going to be known to the NFL, but it's not going to go out on Twitter and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's understandable because you are talking emails and things of that nature, and you know, it's like uh, you know, there there has to be some privacy in there, but it's not good. I mean, again, you're right because it just doesn't show any transparency whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I can. The only reason I could could think of is that well, maybe they're trying to help him. <laughs> you know, they're trying. They to, are. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to like, hey, because we were talking about this, John. Like, if you're one of, I mean, we've heard from a lot of buffoonery here from the owners. Yeah. You know, you, you've got McNair with all his crap down in Houston, but then, you know, you've got uh, guys wanting to uh, incentivize coaches to lose. You got Snyder. I mean, if you're one of the good owners, and you know, I think we've vilified the owners over mm-hmm, the last few mm-hmm. days but they're not all bad and if i'm on if i'm on the the good side i'm i'm thinking hey we got to get together and uh you know get this right cuz we got a really good thing going here right agreed yeah and uh you know cuz ratings are at a, a, a unbelievable level never been this high the games a bit as competitive as you could ever want all those things are real positive but again it's like uh, you know these little ownership uh, guffaws right now are uh, is really causing some problems and of course i mean the one down in miami and maybe the one in cleveland you know if they did indeed have proof that they tried to offer uh, the coaches pay to lose that that's criminal Boy, this this couldn't come at a worse time for the league because there's nothing going on this week. Oh no, this is the dead week. This is where there's no real. I mean, yeah, we're all speculating, coaching changes, all that good stuff. But in terms of events where you could, you know, this if this mm-hmm. happened the day before the Super Bowl weekend, they'd probably feel better about it because everybody's worried about the Super Bowl. But now this is allowed to boil but over. You, but, you, fast- but you have the Pro Bowl. <laughs> hey, hey I, was just, I was just going to ask you about that, though, John. Did you see happen to see any of the highlights or anything of the skills competition? No, but uh, I heard that Russell Wilson was unbelievably he good. He was phenomenal, man. I mean, I, I just... Uh... I don't know. I, I'm not putting too big of a deal into this sort of gimmicky thing that he did, but I mean, it was it was impressive, man. He mm-hmm. hit eight of the first nine, and I think I think he was the only one to hit the the bag that was moving down the sidelines. I mean, and I have to say that I loved that. I I thought it was. I, I always find that skills competition thing really entertaining because the guys, first of all, they have their helmets off, right. You know, and that that's one thing that's a that's a big deal. I love that about football that, you know, you could leave the kingdom, somebody like me, I could leave the kingdom and nobody would recognize me. Um and then, you know, uh it just you see the personalities of the guys. Uh-huh. I feel like it should just entirely be that cuz I would be I feel like it would get ratings. Yeah. I mean, I I, I, people, I, I, I didn't see what the ratings were for this one, but uh it should. Yeah. I don't know. Does that stuff entertain you, or are you just thinking you just do away with the whole thing? 
Um, no, it, it entertains me if I watch it. I just didn't watch it. Hmm. It was it was interesting. It was yeah. first of all, it was weird to see that they were in Vegas because it was freezing. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> the wind was blowing. They're, they're all in big puffy jackets. They said it was like with the wind. It was like thirty four, thirty five degrees. It was didn't look comfortable out there. But that's what made it impressive is that Mac Jones is struggling to throw into that wind and 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 you know uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, the other guy, didn't look great either. But there's Russell just. Throwing dimes out there it looked really, really good. But. Well, and that's got to be such a good, uh, you know, a good thing. And I thought it was interesting talking to, to Jay Keep today. And uh, one of the things that he mentioned is that uh, there has been that thought from his doctor that uh, the the finger recovery could make him even better as a thrower. And you know, it's off to a good start right now. Yeah. Oh, so they like spring loaded it or something? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Put an extra ligament in there. Yeah. 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 John, the 425 is asking, Professor, do you think uh, O'Connell is a good hire by the Vikings after losing out on Harbaugh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, he comes from the uh, the Sean Payton coaching tree, which has been very successful, particularly with offense. Uh, uh, you, you would figure that they'll probably stay with Kirk Cousins as the quarterback, try to do some building on defense. You know, a lot of this is going to be what kind of a defensive staff he can build to see – if they can get better there, they've got a lot of defensive talent, so that could work out. But, no, I think it's a good hire. Hey, uh, I was looking at on NFL.com, and uh, there was speculation of where does Jimmy G end up. Uh-huh. And number one on the list was Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I could was see just, that. Yeah, I, I could see that, too. That, that would be interesting. Um, but Pittsburgh, Washington, Denver, Miami, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Or th- most likely? Uh, you know, I, I, to, to me, Pittsburgh makes the most sense because I don't know if they're going to be in a position to draft one of the better quarterbacks in this draft because it's not a good draft for quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, the fact that they went to the playoffs has them dropping down uh, in a lower slot, and that t- can't, could take them out of the mix. So I think Jimmy G would be a good fit. John, we got a few people texting in wanting to get your reaction to Ian Rappaport saying, Russ wants to know his options. I'm, oh, not, I'm not saying he's definitely going to go, but he wants to look around and see this, according to Rappaport. And if you're Seattle, it's the same problem they've had the last few years, which is even if they get a greater offer or a great offer, even if they get, let's say, three first-round picks for Russell, who is going to actually be their quarterback and how quickly would they rebuild because Pete is going to be 71. Mm-hmm, he's not mm-hmm, going to want to mm-hmm. be in a full – it sounds like he's sort of just regurgitating the same storyline. Is there something new to this? Because No, it's, got... idi- it's idiotic. Okay. It's, idi- it's idiotic and, uh, it's, and really uh, stupid on his part because he keeps on bringing this up. And the one thing that's going to be great, I have to take a look at the contract again, as I mentioned yesterday, is that uh, they think you know they have all these clauses – for certain players on multi-year deals that it's like five days after the Super Bowl, uh, that's when you get something guaranteed. Well, if once that's guaranteed, whatever that number is, five days after the Super Bowl, that should end any speculation whatsoever because now the cap hit is going to be bigger. You can even know it again. You can talk about a trade and all that different stuff. But again, it, they want to win. I mean, do you think that uh, Clint – I mean, do you think that Ed Donatel and uh, – you know, if, if Sean Desai come over, they want to come over to a team that doesn't have a top quarterback, a team that will have to rebuild for three or four years. No. Hey, Ian, just shut up. <laughs> He's got people fired up. We had probably five texts saying, ask John about what Ian said. Ask John about what Ian said. Stupid. <laughs> 
There's an extra O on that stupid. Yeah, agreed. Stupid. Stupid. All right, John, uh, when do you, uh, what's your schedule as far as like uh, the Super Bowl ends? And then you start in on your databases. Is mm-hmm. that right? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I've been, I've working been working on them now. I've, I've, been, I've been sick all week, so it's like uh, I haven't gotten much work done. You know, I'm going to try to work on it over the weekend because I have so much to catch up on because it's been a, it's been a while. So what's, uh, what's number? Do you do free agency first? Or? Uh, well, right now I'm just trying to get the rosters and then, uh, then I, I have to catch up on uh, the injury reports. I mean, so miss games and stuff like that. Then, you know, just waiting to see some of the contract stuff and free agency. John, you doing your show this weekend? Yep, 8 to 11, taking your calls. Taking calls from 8 to 11. We'll talk to you on Monday. Okay, thanks. There you go. There's the professor, John Clayton, with us every single day. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Should we ask him about uh, Russell being traded every day? Yeah, we should do that. I like also the, no, 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 no. And then I was right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, you you are such an idiot. Oh, oh, never mind. Yeah. John's a little cranky these days. He's, uh, maybe as he said, he wasn't feeling good or he was sick this he's week. not feeling good. I think he's also uh, not caught up on his databases, and that makes him you know, a little, yeah, makes, a little he's, jittery. He's out of sorts. He's yeah. out of, feels, feels like uh, things are undone. i got to get everything in order. All right. Our thanks to the professor. Meanwhile, the Seahawks are in the process of reshaping their coaching staff on defense, as we've been talking about. We'll get deeper into that next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.